Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Sunset Serenade by Cyclone. Albums and singles are available in all music stores and platforms. A Moment of Your Time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. Each week, we create a place for you to rest your heart by providing the platform for peaceable connection to the most gifted lightworkers, intuitives, alternative healers who will surprise you with something different, something outside of what's expected, innovative and unique. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Take My Call. At any moment before or during the show, you can opt for Take My Call and jump the long line of callers. We are now following the pay-what-you-can business model. You pay what you feel our services are worth to you. You can send a payment using paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o and add the amount that you want. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Now, close your eyes and get in touch with the present, the only reality. Feel your body, feel your breath, and let it drift back to the present moment. Bring 
Patty Trapel to the show so she can introduce us to the topic. And Patty, welcome here. And we have four people that have used our take my call option. So we're going to go with Mary first, Bobby second, then Pat and third, and Amla fourth. And waiting for more people to show. So, um, Patty, you're going to be very happy and busy today. Thank you for being here with us. <laughs> I'm always happy to be here with you guys. And I tend to be pretty busy just in general. So you're absolutely 100% correct there, Miss Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. And everyone who's uh, waiting in line, I'm going to make sure that we have plenty of time for you. So uh, never worry, okay? Um, we do have kind of a packed show today, but I really am excited to bring this to you. We're going to be covering a couple of different topics that all revolve around heat and fire. Heat and fire, fire and heat. Um, we're going to cover some scientific stuff, some Ayurvedic stuff, some metaphysical stuff, and some astrological stuff. So that's kind of the gamut, I think. <laughs> so hold on to your britches. Here we go. So we know from science, because we're going to start out with the hard stuff first, right, that fire transforms one state of matter into another. For example, it shifts hard ice into water, liquid into steam, um, whereas withdrawing fire recreates the solid state. Fire is highly regarded in yoga and tantric traditions because it is the great purifier, as Claudia mentioned. It empowers us and controls other states of matter, the molecules of a thing, and makes those molecules move faster. This happens whether a substance is solid, a liquid, or a gas. Think about boiling water, for example. We apply heat to still water and can visibly watch the molecules move faster and faster <clears throat> as more heat is applied. In a solid state, it just works a little more slowly and sometimes a lot less perceptively. Remember also that Molecules are constantly moving, whether it looks like that or not. So when you perceive a real solid piece of wood or a tree trunk or the floor or cement, molecules within those things that are moving, we just don't perceive of it. And we perceive of it as being a solid, a mass, because they move so slowly. So if heat agitates things and fire makes things really, should I say, explode, then you know that the difference between different states of matter really is not the molecules. It's the speed at which they're moving. And that changes everything because the ancient yogis, a lot of them were able to walk through solid matter. Well, how did they do that? I believe the answer is held in the heat, in the fire, in the energy that they sent into the molecules of the wall, let's say, making them move faster so they could just walk through them. Pretty interesting. In Ayurveda, which is the sister science, the medical aspect to yoga, we learn that five main energies exist in this world and that each vibrate at a different rate or speed. These are what everybody knows, earth, fire, water, air, and space, not in that order. Each element can either stand alone or can combine. And understanding them from the perspective of density and vibration, starting with the highest vibration first, we learn that from space comes air. That air generates fire. And while it's hard to grasp, we know scientifically that water exists in fire, and you cannot have it without it. Funny fun fact. And that from water, we gain earth. 
Additionally, we can experience these five elements personally through the five physical senses, hearing, touch, sight, taste, and smell, as well as in the five lower chakras, the root chakra, the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart, and the throat. These Ayurvedic Panchamahabhutas, try saying that three times fast, which actually translates to the five great elements, are responsible for the formation of different structures in the physical body. So earth forms the solid structures of bones and muscles and teeth and nails. And fire is responsible for bodily heat that keeps the body flexible. It works with and produces the digestion in the belly. It regulates metabolism and deals with the chemical reactions of the body. It's part of the processes of the central nervous system, and it's a powerful, powerful cleanser. Think of fever and how that boosts immunity, or the burning of toxins and other bodily impurities, or how it burns fuel, meaning fire does, both inside or even outside the physical body, after which it then helps the physical body to absorb the remaining nutrients. Now, when we speak of fire inside the body, we're obviously not literally saying that there's like this little fire in there as you would perceive of out in the rest of the world, but there is that heat. There is that nature that is the essence of fire. Fire also maintains the health and the function of the brain. It works with memory and clear-sighted perception and retention. Mentally, it represents thought and the absorption of what one knows cleverness, and all inventive or creative endeavors. In our modern lives, we all know that the brain and the gut have a lot in common and that both work with digestion. It's just that one works with processing and absorbing solids or fuel, and the other processes via discernment and helps to absorb thoughts, understandings, feelings, or experiences one might have, and then to wisely discard what's no longer useful. In short, through working with the fire element, we learn to fully assimilate the experiences of life in multiple ways and discover how best to use those assimilated experiences. Fire essentially is the main transformational element on this earth, and its heat provides passion, creativity, friction, which sometimes spurs us into doing things that we really didn't want to do. And sometimes it just simply persuades us to work with our highest and best consciousness, bringing that even and ever nearer. Now, yoga, Ayurveda, and metaphysics all agree that fire helps burn away the impurities of mind or spirit. For example, we often burn Palo Santo wood to clear the air or to clear ourselves of any negatives that may have come in with with us when we came in from our day. It also helps, not the Palo Santo, but the fire or the heat helps to burn through one's fears, their blockages or their karmas. Oh, yes. It even helps burn through one's karmas. Purifies and clears away the old negative belief patterns or other obsolete ideas, including those internal energies that might prevent us from moving forward again. It provides inspiration and gives us the strength of commitment, self-discipline, willpower, and the ability to carry out our intentions. So before we get into the chakras, we're going to take a brief moment and we're going to speak to our first caller. Thank you so much, Miss Claudia, for uh, holding the space for our fire practice today. Thank you as well. So Mary from the mountains of North Carolina. Hi, Sati. I'm so grateful to be connected with you again. This is um, hey, Mary. This is great. Um, uh, all of the times that I've talked with you, you're accustomed to uh, um, me asking about a particular person, a relationship with, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, back um, in, the, in the fall, you told me that 
my husband would be in hospice in February, and that's exactly what happened. He went into hospice in February, and the doctors are amazed. They don't know how to predict anything about him. Um, He has a very strong, it feels like he has a strong life force energy and a very, very strong will to live. So my question, my first question is if you um, are able to tune in, I, I know that people cannot predict when someone is going to pass. I totally understand that. Even the doctors can't. Uh, but I'm, I'm asking if you can tune in to the situation with him and, um, you know, give me kind of a, I don't know, an update or whatever you see is happening and going to happen. Absolutely, honey. I, I do this kind of work all the time. Um, it's challenging, but it can be very helpful uh, for the one who is the survivor of, of such a thing. Um, can you just give me his first name, honey? Jay. Well, his name is James. He goes by Jay. Okay. Thank you. Well, so we all have different processes. It's very interesting for me to, um, because I have helped so many people who have some loved one in hospice, um, you know, I, I oftentimes am looking at what the person is doing underneath uh, what is seen. And, you know, um, what what stage of the out process, which is what I call it, they are in. And, you know, Jay comes across to me as he's really checking things out. Like, where am I now? The I being the important piece, like the, the I that makes me me, not the body. And where am I going? Um, what is that about? And so he's really kind of in an exploration stage on an inward level. And he may not be able to express this to you because he may not fully remember it. But what I can tell you that you will find is clear is that he is still pretty strongly connected to this earth, to his body, to you, to to what you call the life force, of course. Um, And so, you know, he's going to, in my opinion, from what I'm viewing, he's going to stay in that connection for a while. And it's going to be an interesting thing. It looks to me like he is going to stay in that connection and then it's going to be like falling off a log. When one falls off a log, it's sudden, it's abrupt, it's not a very long drop, meaning that, you know, I could have set a waterfall <clears throat> or falling off a plane. Um, but, no, it's, it's like, boom, all of a sudden he leaves. So my suggestion to you is to help him by talking to him a little bit, whether he can answer you or not. Um, there will be times when he will be able to and times he will not be able to. But you can talk to him and say, you know, I'm curious as to what you are experiencing. Um, What are you learning? Do you feel comfortable? Are you feeling safer? This is why I think you should feel safe. Um, Which, you know, in such a way you're kind of giving him ideas that are yours. But at the same point in time, if he has any fears about the the death process, sometimes that can help to change that by by pointing out some things that you know are important to him. Um, Maybe that, you know, friends and loved ones will be waiting for him or or whatever. I mean, this is the time to offer him comfort while he does this, as, as well as to offer it to yourself by being a witness to this. 
And Mary, you know, I have to applaud you for asking about this and having the bravery to do that because it's not always an easy thing to ask. Um, and I'm going to say to you that it looks to me, oh, seven to eight weeks he'll be doing this staying in the connection aspect and that seems like kind of a long time to be in hospice but then remember once that decision is made it'll be like falling off a log it'll be like very very quick um so all things to keep in the back of your mind okay okay seven to eight weeks still in the hospice yeah i'm feeling i was feeling it was going to be a while and um uh thank you this is extremely helpful and um so my second question is um you've just answered some of it but if you could be more tuned into me and let and see what i need to know right now about my life or what i need to be doing specifically most of my time is Pam. He wants me there with him and, uh, you know, doing his laundry and cooking things for him because he's still eating. And But other than that, uh, if you can see what I need to know, basically, for myself. Well, what your guides are saying, what your guides are saying is that you need to check and double check with both him and the lawyer that you know where everything is. You know where any money might be kept where any CDs or hidden money is what I call that, CDs or, or funds that you don't normally have access to um, is at lock boxes, um, security boxes, um, bank boxes, uh, anything and everything. You need to make sure that you create a list of all that you might need to know and have access to, anything that has to do with bills. Um, so anything that's, that deals with money and what you're going to have to take care of once everything is, is done um, so that you are able to take care of all of that and have a fairly seamless transition yourself so that you don't get um, upset by everything because you don't have the time and the effort and the ability to handle the financial aspects because you're busy handling the emotional, spiritual, mental aspects. Okay? I understand. And your guys uh, were this, very, very clear about this. Well, that kind of surprises me because um, I, I, I have, I have, I have legal power of attorney and I'm getting, you know, like the checking account and all everything, savings account and everything in my name. And I don't know of anything else that really kind of throws me in a kilter of thinking that there might be something else that, because I've talked to my husband when he's been cognitive and he, he doesn't know of anything. So this kind of, so you have to start reminding him, honey. You need uh-huh. to start reminding him because there are a few things out there that you are not aware of. Do we have any other bank accounts, any other checking accounts? Did you put anything in anybody else's name just like for safekeeping? I mean, like go down yeah. the list to jog his memory instead of asking him, what do you remember? Because if you ask him, what do you remember? He'll draw a blank. But if you say to him, what about this, 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 It'll jar his mind. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very, very helpful. You're welcome. Good luck with this process. So good. So much good luck to you. Okay. And thank you, Mary, for calling. Ms. Claudia. Mm -hmm. Ms. Claudia, we're going to move into chakras next, if that's okay. It's going to be brief, and then we're going to take another quick break and answer the next question. So it'll be really short. Does that work? That works. Okay. Yay. The Manipura Chakra. Manipura is how you would actually say it. Manipura. Um, One of the main seven chakras. 
it's the yellow one, looks like the sun, all about heat and fire. Understanding and working properly with the Manipura or navel chakra is essential in curating life and its many ups and downs. This chakra is called the navel chakra, but in actuality, it's found up in the diaphragm, around the ribcage, in the hollow spot between the bottom of the sternum, the ribs, and the stomach. You can actually gently put your, your knuckles there. And you can feel how your ribs kind of hug around that area. That's where the chakra is. So here's a question for you guys. Have you ever been hit or punched in that spot? I hope not. Or maybe you fell onto your back on that spot. What happens? One usually loses their breath and enters into the long, wheezing, agonizing, gasping process of trying to breathe again. And that's no coincidence. Our personal power lies in this chakra, in that very spot. And when it gets hit, we lose the thing that we need the most and what we need immediately in order to stay on this planet which is our breath. Interestingly, breath work is one way to stoke the fire of Agni, which is what it's called in yogic and Ayurvedic fields. So it's one way to stoke the fire of Agni in the body and to access the Manipura and other chakras. Yoga is another way. So you have breath and yoga, or actually any pretty stimulating or intense workout. When the Manipura chakra energy flows properly, it coordinates all of the organs of the body. The eliminative functions are triggered. The brain awakens, and the energy to support your chosen action is gathered, as well as the will to project that energy out into the world for manifestation. When Manipura works properly, the ability to maintain that energy of manifestation stabilizes and becomes effortless. Because Manipura steadfastly holds us in the light of our truth, which then allows for the strength of personal will to shine. One who's mastered the third chakra easily initiates and completes an action, often without distraction. That's part of why the third chakra is usually associated with the archetype of the spiritual warrior. It symbolizes one who's able to assess an immediate need and then to coordinate and sustain the energy required to accomplish that task, thus providing the art of transformation to themselves or to others. One of the qualities of a spiritual warrior is the ability to act with integrity regardless of the conditions. Eat of a strong and balanced third chakra, and you'll enjoy a life of courage, fortitude, and direct con- connection and communication to your higher self, because Agni, or fire, brings in the brilliance of the soul, its insight, its intuition, and your true presence. It can help transform anger into commitment, achieve harmony within yourself, and with others, because we aren't so afraid anymore. It can also help to heal the mind, body, and emotions, so that we can express the soul more purely. Fire usually is a dynamic energizing practice used during the cold winter months, and we are now in spring, in full bloom in actuality. The outside heat is rising, and soon we'll be in the summer months, and the need for fire will give way to water. So why do you guys think I'm speaking about this now, beyond the fact that the guides asked me to? On that note, we're going to take a little break and we're going to answer the next caller. Thanks, Ms. Claudia. Okay, we're having here Bobby from North Carolina. <clears throat> Hi, Sathy. Thank you for being here and providing this opportunity today. Um, You're welcome. I Thank like, you. Thanks. <laughs> I feel like the entire call um, is answering my questions, but um, I'm still going to ask the question. Um, I <laughs> I try I started a business in the fall 
And um, for years I've been seeking financial security and I have financial security now. So this is a business that I am very interested in because it totally speaks to everything I am, which is healing and improving and personal development and so on. And I was really, really excited about it. And then life, um, personal tragedy, um, lots and lots of things. And um, I'm trying to reconnect with that excitement. And I'm just not. I still am interested, fascinated, um, engaged, but not doing it as a business, not making it so that I can bring it to other people. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not taking it to anyone else. So I don't know what this blockage is, if it's from this life, if it's from a past life, if it's a program I'm running, if it's, I, that's the question. That's the question. Can you help me with I've got you. You know, sweetie pie, you know, I've got good news for you. This is not a blockage. Good. It's not anything like that. You know, sometimes we have to refill our stores. We have to refill our grain bin. We have to refill mm-hmm. sometimes our pockets, but our heart, our minds, our spirit, right? And mm-hmm. that is why it's all for you right now. You can't give to anybody else until you are fully enough again to have Access to have a reservoir to have more than what you need. You have been healing. You've been doing an awful lot of work. I can see the amount of energy that you've been outputting. So it's not just all of these kind of what I'll call hits that you've had. These things that have have um, made life so challenging. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the fact that in trying to rise above them, in trying to work with them, your energy has been constantly going out. So were I to say what you looked like about a month and a half ago, we kind of come across as a sieve. Where like a month and a half ago, like about six weeks ago, you still, maybe seven weeks ago, you still were in that stage of, I can bring energy in, but I can't hold it. <laughs> it's, it's going mm-hmm. out because mm-hmm. I'm still trying to deal with everything, right? Now mm-hmm. you're able to hold it, and that's great. But then the next stage is being able to create a reservoir so that when you do use it and you do offer it to others, you don't become to because you really cannot afford to become depleted. Now that means at this time This year, this phase of your life, you need to guard against with everything that you have becoming depleted. You need to be very well aware that when you give to others, you're giving because you have extra. And it's no problem whatsoever. This is not always the counsel. It depends on the karma. It depends on what is actually happening like underneath the foundation of your being and what's going on inside of you on a soul level. And your guides are being very, very clear and are saying, you know, she needs to totally guard against depletion this year in particular. Now, once we get into 24, you're going to have far more of a reservoir. And so this isn't going to be an issue. But for 23, for like, all of 23, like probably down to the last minute of 23, you're going to still be gathering and storing and putting this energy away for a rainy day. And what, what does that look like? I'm, I'm a, I'm a work as a health coach. (laughs) Excuse me. And so what does, can you see, can you give me in like a visual? I'm very visual. Can you give me a visual of what that looks like? me storing and guarding against the pleading. I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I don't know what that, maybe I don't know how to do that. Okay. Well, that's an absolutely wonderful question. Um, so one of the things that helps with this 
is doing self-care. So a lot of people talk about self-care these days. Doing, You have some salt caves over in Asheville that are fabulous, and you have, you know, um, wonderful body workers, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes acupuncture can help the body to hold on to the energy it generates instead of just dissipating it and, and um, having it, you know, go away. Um, Got it. So... These are some of the practices that you can do. You can also work with what I would term restorative yoga, not like fire heat yoga. I know that we're in the heat and the fire today, but for Mm -hmm. you, because Mm -hmm. you've been so depleted, you need more of a restorative practice and you need it at least once a week. What that does is that will help you to build a container. It'll help you to build an energetic container. And if you do meditation, start Mm -hmm. doing meditations around creating energetic containers. Um, There's a wonderful egg um, meditation out there in which you visualize yourself in an egg and all of your energy stays within that egg so that you have full utilization of it at any and all times. Um, So, you know, some of these things in brief – are ways that you Mm -hmm. can do that. Um, I would be happy to email you a couple of other ideas if you wish, Um, but those are the ones that kind of pop up off the top of my head um, and some that the guides have have offered up to you as we've been speaking. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so very much. I I mean, I would love the email. and, And do I just reach out to you and provide it? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. You can do that Fine. either through um, Claudia, the Facebook um, page, or by just emailing me off of seekingdivinity.com. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. You, Good luck with everything. Thank All you. right. So <laughs> I'm going to move on, and then we'll take another uh, caller in a few minutes. How does that sound, Miss Claudia? Absolutely perfect. Wonderful. So I left you guys in a cliffhanger. I asked, with us being in spring and fire and heat being a winter practice, why are we talking about it now? And here's our answer, or the start of it. The sun's energy is building to a climax with the summer solstice. Our journey this round is to take full conscious advantage of Surya, which is the sun's energy, and allow it to help us to blaze forward with greater clarity and awareness as we burn through the karmas and samskaras of past lives or of the last cycle, as well as any that might be present in our current cycle. We'll allow our spiritual fire laser to refine and redefine the reality of our lives, bringing us into greater harmony and sattva so we can embody more prana, which is life force energy or divine effulgence. Within, excuse me, I inhaled and swallowed at the same time, which is never a good idea. Ooh, produces a fire in the throat. <clears throat> so bringing us into greater harmony so that we can embody more prana within the two levels of being which is directly associated with this eclipse that we are in today. That will happen for those of you on the East Coast sometime in the next hour. Literally. And that is those two levels of being are the physical and the spiritual. We'll use self-discipline, discernment, and the fire of clear perception. The goal? Correct use of the warrior energy that perfects, directs, discerns, extinguishes, gains, and then finally surrenders to our ultimate consciousness. In this cycle of laying the foundation via correct usage of heat, one must watch the fluctuations of the physical and energetic being so as to clearly gauge the effects of the fire that was used. In other words, if you're entering into a fire practice and you find that your energy is depleted, 
like what we spoke about with the last caller, then maybe that fire is too intense and you need to back it off to heat, which is why the guides wanted me to speak about heat. Although you cannot speak with, about heat without fire. Or maybe you're still kind of slogging through your, your day trying to get enough energy up to get everything accomplished, in which case you need more heat. That's how the energy and the physicality of our beings can help us to gauge whether we're actually using the heat element or the fire element correctly in our lives. In other words, ours is not to deplete, further unbalance, or engage in the extremes usually associated with fire practices or heat practices in some cases. Leave the old scorch the earth policy behind. We are to make an abode for sattva, which is another word for the divine, purifying body, mind, and energy systems so as to invite the divine home. And before we get into the last portion of this, which is the astrology portion, we're going to have another little break and take another call. Okay, so we're going to Connecticut, and we're bringing Pat to the show. Hi. Hello, can you Pat. hear me? Can you hear me? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes, I can. Okay. okay, Catherine, this is the first time um, I've made a payment. I'm not sure if I get two questions or not, so I'm asking that before I ask my questions. Yes, you get one question, Pat. Thank you. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I have had major car problems for a long time. But just recently this past weekend, my temperature gauge went up and I ended up at a new mechanic place. It looks like the kind of place that you drive by and say, I'd never bring my car there. These guys have been phenomenal to me, absolutely phenomenal. And the car drove them crazy. They tried all different things, went everything, everywhere from thermostat to sensor to head gasket, which was extremely disturbing, the head gasket. I'm in the process of trying to afford another, uh, I'm just giving you background, another used car. My mechanic blew my engine on this car three years ago, which cost me 4000 so I've never really caught up. So money's difficult, very disturbing when these things happen. Um, they are telling me that my car is fine, even though the heating sensor goes all the way up. They want to change that out. They're saying it's just simply broken. Do you see that I can be driving this car for a while? Um, he, I, I also would really like to buy a used car from these guys. Um, just what can you tell me about these guys and my car? Um, I think these guys are great. Um, I like them yeah. as well. I do think they're missing something. What it looks like to me, um, and you have to understand the guides don't, they don't always work with cars. So, you know, it's not necessarily their forte. But I can tell you that there is something that is creating friction inside the, the engine. So when they are looking at the engine, and in particular when the gas is being applied, they need to look for areas of friction. There's something that is loose that is causing enough friction to heat things up. Um, so interesting that you called on today's show with heat and fire and friction. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. As far as buying a car from these people, yeah, I would say a secondhand car would probably be a great purchase from them because I think that it would come across as a very strong vehicle that will not cost you a whole lot. Um, but I think they're innocently kind of missing it, and it's not for lack of trying. It's just yeah. kind of this weird thing. Yeah. Can I continue to drive this until they figure it out? Or is it really, yes. is it dangerous? Oh, I can. Um, oh, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it as dangerous. What I am seeing is that you always want to have the ability to call somebody. Um, so you always want your phone with you because you could end up on the side of the road, but I don't see it as being dangerous. Mm -mm. 
does that mean I could like blow blow my engine, overheat it? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't see it as being dangerous. I do see it as okay. maybe putting you on the side of the road. Okay. Okay. All right. Friction when I step on the gas. Right. So they need to have one person running the gas and one person looking at all of the different moving parts of the engine while it's the gas is on. Okay. And, and it may be that it only happens at certain speeds. So it might be, okay. that, you know, unless you get it to 30, it ain't going to happen or 40. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. just run yeah. that past them and see what they say. Well, thank you for you and your guides. They are giving me wonderful mechanical answers, even though they're not car mechanics. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome, Pat. Yeah, so much good luck you. to you, honey. And let us know how that ends, because that's amazing if, if actually you fix the problem, right, Happy? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, my gosh, yes. I would love that if, if they, they could just go back and look at it front with this perception and, and find it and be like, oh, it was just the blah, blah, blah. It's something <laughs> simple like that. It's just the blah, 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 you know? <laughs> So let's hit the astrology because, like I said, the eclipse is about to start. Um, so it's a lunar eclipse. It's daytime. Y'all aren't going to see it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean that we are not going to feel it. As a matter of fact, this is kind of one of the more intense lunar eclipses of the year. So this is 5-5. Five, five. Um, the fifth month, fifth day, and we are in a full, a final full moon eclipse of the previous cycle, which falls under Scorpio at 14 degrees. So this is the final Scorpio lunar eclipse for about the next seven years. It therefore offers a great window of opportunity to dissolve the old and outdated crud, that's the official term, and usher in the next path. And that piece is rather important. Plus, it occurs in Scorpio, the magical, zodiacal, transformer extraordinaire. Here's the heat and the fire that the guides asked me to speak about. Scorpios excel in anything that calls for reconstruction, renewal, and regeneration. So whatever crap you've been holding on to, this lunar eclipse offers one last potent opportunity to cleanse it before the summer ushers in the new. Remember that Scorpio energy places emphasis on the subtle and the profound, the subconscious, in-depth psychology, intimacy or emotional connection, power, truth, or life, death, and rebirth or transformation. And here Uranus lends us a hand. Uranus is the planet of inner awakening, flashes of genius, quantum leaps, and breakthroughs. I personally love Uranus, which happens to be in a four-degree, kind of loose conjunction with the sun. And I see this as a sudden, insightful recalibration of all we formally thought we valued, either inside of us, represented by the moon's eclipse itself, or outside of us, represented by Taurus. As the Earth passes between the moon and the sun, which is how we get this lunar eclipse, for a few hours, Luna's light and presence is obscured. So we have this wonderful opportunity to really ask ourselves who we think or believe we truly are at this time. And if we're still holding on to the old, we might miss it and have to wait for the next cycle. It's just that simple. Also, this eclipse is happening near the south node, which is really just kind of a point in space. It's a mathematical point, but it's an important mathematical point, as you'll see. Nodes represent karma and destiny, respectively. So the north node represents destiny, whereas the south node, which is where this eclipse is happening near, equals past karma, attachments, and familiar habits 
So we're working with the south node today, which means that it's doubly activating the need and the ability to let go. This eclipse could bring deep and lasting transformation. So create some time today and over the weekend to kind of out-process all the old whatevers, deep emotions, old stories, habits, energies, karmas, dalliances, anything that holds you to the past. Let this time help you to close those old cycles, to remove what no longer works, to just let go. It's a great time to cleanse your whole body also, your body, your mind, and your spirit. And we've given some ideas of how to do that here today. Again, this is the last chance before the entrance of the next pass. The next, sorry, pass, not pass. So I like to work with Sabian symbols because I've found how amazingly accurate they are. Um, And there's a couple of guys out there that I really like who provide amazing insight for Sabian symbols. There's three that I actually work with, two for the public and one that I use personally for me. (laughs) It just never seems to work with the public and never the other two, you know, they're like more general, but for whatever reason, this one works really well with me. So Dr. Mark Edmund Jones says that this degree 14 degrees of Scorpio, which is the degree at which the eclipse is happening at, indicates that the future is in your hands. He asks that you do something, quote unquote, to repair the lines of communication, to network or bring others closer together so that they can improve their communication, or to just practice expressing your, expressing your cleared thoughts, emotions, and ideas. Doing this, he says, can cause surprising new connections with people, even from isolated places. I mean, heck, I'm calling you today, talking to you from France. (laughs) So there. He does caution being involved in the lives of others, gossiping, and being fickle will cause things to spin way out of control, unquote. Just kind of FYI. Dane Rudyard, who is one of my faves, says something similar. He saw this as, quote, the need to establish new lines of communication, sound familiar, and said that 14 degrees Scorpio indicates that such channels of communication are essential for the success of any interpersonal relationship. Any interpersonal relationship. And that they not only should be built, but then also used significantly and wisely. He saw this as a practice of both outer association and inner comprehension. So now I'm going to take the final caller before I give you my conclusion, which is all the message from the guides. So, Miss Claudia, if you want to bring on our last person, I think we're going to run just a few minutes over everyone, but it won't be very long. Okay? That's fine. So we have Amla with us. Two questions. Yay. Hello. We Amla, how are you? Hi, Sweet Amla. Oh. I'm happy to hear from you. I am too. I am too. It's nice to hear. It's it's interesting. I totally resonate with your show. So thank you for that. Thank you for all your wisdom and insight. I love the nodes. I love the insight. All of that stuff. So that's really great. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so I have a presentation that's coming up with. He's actually a pretty significant person I I just think that we're really growing together and we have I guess the question is this with it uh two presentations in a row which is two weeks from today the 19th and the 20th and it just feels like we have four spots left for the first one and then I don't know how the second one's going to go but they're two different co-host facilitators they're doing sound baths sound healing with me um and just was wondering what you feel for the first one and if we're going to fill up those spots left over whatever you feel okay i think you're only going to have 
two spots that are untaken. However, I see somebody coming in at the very, very last minute. It might be actually like even once you start. So if you speak to whomever is running the door and say, hey, I got five minutes or, you know, whatever your comfort zone is, 10 minutes before the presentation, um, that might cover your butt, which would then leave one spot still available. Um, Okay. The other thing I need to mention is that this fire energy is going to be up still at that point in time. Believe it or not, (laughs) this fire energy, this heat, this building and is going to be kind of atmospheric, uh, not literally on the earth level, but atmospheric as in on the soul level um, within our beings for a while. So the guides are saying, you know, you might want to really look at any elements in your sound healing um, session that are going to be overstimulating. For example, if I personally have been to some sound healings where people just bang the crap out of a gong. I love gongs. I have gongs. I work with gongs. They're fabulous, but they don't need to be banged on till the cows come home. They're very agitating to the central yeah. nervous system. Yeah. And so being fine, mindful, right? I'm actually, so, it's interesting. I was going to yeah. talk to my co-host about that um, but, and be, you know, mindful before I was, yeah, I was going to actually just have a low, like a rundown of what we're going to do because it's a team effort and it is a presentation. It has to go in with what I'm saying. I'm talking first because that's what I do. And then he'll lead into the sound healing, but it has to collaborate together. It has to be a, you know, like a balance. I see hear you saying that too. Right, exactly. Yeah. And if you want yes. this to be nurturing, then it needs to be very, very nurturing and that energy will not be nurturing. So yes, so discernment is required and being able to speak with the individual, maybe get a feel of what he thinks he's going to do and he's going to tell you he won't know until the people are in the room, which I honor. But then just remind him that, you know, this energy is that there's an exacerbating energy already up and to not kick into that too much. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm already going to be like pepping up the people in the sense of inspiration and and all of that good stuff that I'm going to be talking about. So the sound healing is really just a relaxation. That's what I'm, I'm picturing for this. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Make sure he knows that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I I think we're good to, and once, and I think he'll listen, you know, it's not like he's just going to go off on a tangent. I think he, if if you do things in advance, not too far off, but just like a day or two beforehand, and if I talk to him, it'll help. I think it'll just set things into place for that part. Um, but do you feel like the second day great. is going to be good too, or is it going to be sporadic? Because there is a significant price gap between the first day. And the second day, the second day is more, which I'm surprised that the first day we have. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no worries. No. Yeah, I can see that it is going to be kind of sporadic and kind of touch and go. I think that people in general are are a little bit worried right now about the money they're spending and why. Um, So, you know, what I want to say to you is the people that need to be there will be there, which is a very pat answer, and I want to acknowledge that. Yet, I also want to say to you that, you know, you can run a last-minute kind of a thing if you want, a last-minute special. For the same price, you can also get blank, whatever that yes. is. Um and see if it helps to draw in anybody else or um, maybe run it that way to begin with um, okay. so okay. that people feel like they're getting a little bit more uh, for for the price tag. And, and it's it comes across to me as the universe saying this is your opportunity to do some more public service, which is just placing a little bit more good karma in your back pocket. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so very much. So helpful. I'm so glad 
everything tied in with the fire today. That's that's fascinating. Uh, Stuart knows. Stuart knows. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Amla. Bye-bye. Take good care. Okay. So, yeah. Bye. So my conclusion, or I should say the conclusion of the guides, which actually is going to be mine at first, and then we're going to kind of uh, overlap a little. I see both of these Fabian concepts as being correct, since Mercury is also in a loose conjunction with the sun on its left side. And since Uranus is directly on the right side of the sun and is also prominent in this lunation and indicates that opportunities to reach a new objective awareness of any inner issues is available and that we can finally, 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 because of Uranus being there, see things from a higher vantage point. And because Mercury is there, communicate that not just to ourselves, but to others as well as needed. So like this is a great time to really make your voice heard and to, you know, allow yourselves that opportunity to be maybe a little bit more vulnerable and by making your voices heard, right? But here's the counsel that the guides say. Maybe sit down and have a deep heart-to-heart with yourself first. Maybe that heart-to-heart is done with your lower, scared, or maybe more childish self. Or maybe this heart-to-heart occurs with your higher self. Or maybe both. Not at the same time, mind you. Discover the old inner clutter to clear if you haven't already done so. And then get rid of it. Dump it. Literally, like literally forget it and move on. Then maybe do the same heart-to-heart with someone close to you or the same clearing of someone close to you whom you have loved. Because honestly, if it's over, it's over. Or if that seems too scary, why not swallow the old pride and simply reach out to someone you love and tell them you love them and that you want them in your life? And it really honestly doesn't matter at this point, as we've heard both counsels in our time together today, to either to reach out to someone or to let something go, mostly to let things go. That said, the guides mentioned to me that the energy of magnetism and attraction is pretty weak right now, which is curious because that usually goes hand in hand with heat and fire. They're saying Literally, magnetism and attraction is pretty weak right now. And the reactions, or gauging the reactions of somebody hearing you, is going to be pretty hard to do. And I know that may mean that if you reach out to repair a relationship with someone, you might just be reaching out into empty space. So, Only do it if you're truly ready for a change because the person you reach out to might either draw in close or be repulsed and leave forever. That's the one thing we can be sure of with this whole energetic pool that we're swimming in today. Once the action is done, it's done. There's no take-backs for this moment. Although the guides say there might be an opportunity for one further down the road. But that's why I mention having the inner conversation first so you're ready for either eventuality. And if done is done is great for you, then go for it. Now is the time. A brand new wind will be blowing soon. It comes with the summer months, and behind it comes massive change for everyone. I prefer to choose what type of personal change I get to live in since I won't have any control over the changes this new wind will bring, or especially what comes after the wind. So it might be a good idea to have this heart-to-heart, because trust me on this, you'll definitely want to be on the correct side of this new wind. All right, Miss Claudia. 
That's what we have to say for today. Is there anything else I can do for you or to clarify before we hang up? It has been a perfect one, Sati. Magnificently said and done. And thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was the guides. They're like, that's what this eclipse is all about. What's done is done is done is done. So be glad. And that's good because that means like none of the old zombies are going to rear their ugly heads. You know, or if they do, you have that happy little lightsaber to just whip that puppy right off. All good. <laughs> and remember, everybody, seekingdivinity.com and join us the next month on the first Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. France. Sati, thank you so much for being here with us and have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Thanks so much for having me. 